right. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Business Shower Podcast, a podcast for business owners to shine. I am your host, Kelly Edwards, and today we are talking to Harrison Brown of Barron Media Group. Harrison, how are you doing today? Kelly, I am great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready for Christmas. <laughs> I am in the same boat. Yes. Yes. In the entrepreneur life, though, Christmas doesn't mean too much. Oh, I yeah. mean, it does, it does as far as like the holiday season, but work doesn't stop. No, it doesn't. It definitely you know? doesn't. But, you know, I love this season. Um, this is the season me and my husband got engaged. So, hey, congratulations. That's yes, awesome. Thank you. That was like two years ago, but I, I love Christmas uh, <laughs> for, one, for this reason. Um, so, tell our listeners who you are and what you do. Cool. Uh, my name is Harrison Barron. The uh, I run a business called Barron Media Group. We're actually in the process of rebranding. Uh, we'll, we'll be going over to growth generators, uh, and we're a small business that specializes in um, SEO. So, you know, for companies, small and mid-sized businesses that are looking to help rank on Google and things like that, um, we have had some pretty wild success stories and stuff like that. And and honestly, it kind of just came out of uh, I don't want to say it came out of mistake, but it kind of just happened. Uh, there really wasn't. Um, you know, when I first started my business, it wasn't like, hey, this is what I want to do. And, and now that's kind of what I have. Um, and then I also have a personal blog at harrisonbarron.com for anybody that wants to go check that out. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, tell us your story and uh, how your story shaped you and who you are today. Yeah. Uh, you want the super long version or the long version? The long version. The long version. All right, cool. So... Um, the the my whole business kind of started. Um, I don't want to say out of a mistake, but I guess how every entrepreneur kind of goes about starting their business, right? They're like either um, screw my boss or whatever it is, and they're like, "Hey, I could do this," right? And it's funny because now that I own a business, I give my old boss, and I love my old boss for you know if he's listening or anybody that knows him, he's he's genuinely a good guy and, and didn't do anything wrong to me. Um, but the you know, you look at your boss, especially when you're in sales and you're like, I can easily do this. So um, on a whim, my buddy called me and was like, hey, you still think about doing a podcast? And I was like, yeah, like it's something I want to do. And we, you know, started a podcast and it was called We're Live with Cam and Harry, my buddy Cameron. And uh, it was cool. It was we we started our our last episode we did. We only did, I think, 30 or 20 episodes. Uh, we got like 4000 downloads and stuff like that. And it was starting to really grow. And I was like, wow, it's incredible i was like dude we got to keep going keep going he was super tied up with his girlfriend so i was like all right look it is what it is and at the time through my fire department i had um, linked up with one of the guys and his cousin owned an it firm and i was like look you know i really want to have a podcast again and stuff like that but i don't want to host it in my bedroom because that's kind of wild and and it was a studio apartment essentially but it was just weird having people come over so He's like, dude, take this little closet. And it was it was a smaller room than the one I'm in. And I literally converted it into a studio. I got sound pe- sound paneling. I got a small desk. I got a somebody donated me a mini fridge. Like it was just like every time somebody would come on my show, and actually I just moved, so I, I don't have all my interesting stuff from the studio up just yet. But people would bring like little knickknacks, or like I had somebody give me a wine, um, a wine rack, somebody gave me a mini fridge. Like it was cool. Like people just it, it became this like creative spot where people would come in and you close the door and like as soon as that door closed it was like a different world like you were just everything else didn't matter so um i did my podcast did my podcast and i used my podcast to actually grow his business because i'd have these really successful business owners and things like that come on the podcast and 
they would just they'd come in they oh what do you do what do you what is this place and i'd tell them about my it company um and then fast forward, I, I was, wasn't making the money I really wanted to make. And, and I was the only salesperson and, you know, it just took a lot longer than I wanted it to. And at that time, because I had built the podcast and the, and the website and the social media presence and all that kind of stuff, I was, I was like, I could go do this for somebody else. So I started my business on, you know, Hey, I'm going to go do this. I could, I could definitely go do this for other people. And, and I did, and, and I had some pretty good success with it. And then I constantly kept running into problems. And that's part of being the entrepreneur is, finding problems and solving them. So exactly. I'd run social media accounts and people would have great success with them. But then, you know, they're like, Hey, we're not really getting as many sales as we hope for. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Like I, I could see here, you got, you know, 50 clicks this week or a hundred clicks this week or what, whatever it may be. And we started looking into it and I was like, Oh my God, like your website is awful. Like nobody's going to buy your website is looks like it's from the eighties. Like we have to redo the whole website. So I ended up starting to build websites and that helped. And, and then it was another thing to sell and stuff like that. And then I realized like, Hey, just because I have a good website and you have a social media presence, now I need to get them on Google because they want to get more customers. And it was this constant like battle to keep finding new avenues of revenue for them. And that's ultimately how I landed up landed with my company today. Okay. So tell us those who don't know what um, SEO is um, and how important it is to their business. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Sure. So, sorry, I'm making sure my dog doesn't chew up the carpet. Uh, we have a new puppy here. Um, he is adorable. Uh, so, SEO is search engine optimization. So, if you are, you know, when you go to Google, um, and it's funny, I just had one of my clients. He's like, dude, he's like, I finally get what you do. And I was like, dude, you've been paying me for like six months now. Like, and you just figured out what I do. He's like, dude, I like you. He's like, I know I can trust you. He's like, I didn't really understand. So SEO is getting people to rank on Google. And he was looking up one day, what's the difference between um, RCA, yeah, recycled concrete aggregate for asphalt and for concrete. And it's the base layer. And this is just his story. But he's like, I went on there and I Googled it because I didn't know what the difference was, but I knew people were talking about it. Okay. And sure enough, the guy I buy all my stone from was the guy on Google, the number one spot on Google. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I get it. I see what you do now. Like, that's incredible. Like, I'm so glad I'm paying you to do like that. And I, like, it took him six months of working with me and it took him his own discovery to really realize what I actually do and how I help people. And it was just funny to see like, oh, he, he gets it now. So that's what it is. Search engine optimization, helping people climb up through the ranks of Google. Okay. Awesome. So, um, what did you take from school and from your experience to help you start your business? Sure. Um, so, oh my God. So in school, I, I wanted to do, <laughs> I wanted to do everything. You name it. I was interested in it. Um, and I still am that way. I have a $2,000 camera sitting here. I have sound absorption material. And when I went to, uh, when I started out in high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, wanted to do. I had always worked in kitchens and restaurants and, and was a server and, and bartender. And I was like, cool. Like by the time I got to, you know, my, uh, senior year of high school and junior year of high school, I was like, oh, let me go to BOCES for culinary. And you're probably like, how is culinary tying this whole thing? 
So I was supposed to go away to either the CIA or Johnson Wales. I got accepted and I got accepted to a couple other schools and ultimately working in kitchens, I talked to a lot of executive chefs and they're like, dude, you don't, first of all, don't go to school for it. You can learn everything you're going to learn in a kitchen. Just travel around, go work at a place one or two years. You'll get way more knowledge and you'll learn the, the industry. Okay. So I was like, all right, that's fine. And then I realized I'm like, dude, like how much money you make? And he told me he was, you know, I don't, I don't want to give away any numbers, but chefs, are typically drastically underpaid unless they're at a high-end establishment and they work like 70 hours a week. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's not something I want to do. And I had some friends that were going to school for computer programming. So I'm like, you know what? I'm smart enough to do that. And, and during that time, and I went to a local community college, I was taking uh, pottery classes. I was taking photography classes. I was taking art classes. I was taking <laughs> math and science. And, and at some point I wanted to be a biological engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was definitely something I wanted to do. And by the time I actually got there, I realized that like, this sounds horrible, but like a lot of the teachers weren't English fluid. They had a lot of broken English and, and me personally, I didn't, I couldn't understand it. And I'd have to go back and teach myself things and missing that time in class, plus having a full-time job and doing all that kind of stuff. It just, it didn't work. And I, and I was like, I can't teach myself bioengineering. It's, it's, way too way too difficult so um i ended up trying a bunch of different things and i ended up landing on computer programming because i had a couple friends doing it and this is really where a lot of my i guess expertise came out of um between that going to school for that i got my degree in computer information systems with an emphasis in computer programming and i use my degree every day for the most part like i it does. It it just helps me. It helps on computer logic and people logic and why things are designed this way, you know. And and there's so much that people don't realize and and take so much for granted. But like engineering in general, when you understand it and computer programming, you're like, oh, everything makes sense for the most part. And when something does make sense, you're like, ah, some they hired a low tier person. Mm-hmm. Um, so between that and and literally bartending, I guess were the two cornerstones of me getting into my career because I had built up this tremendous network of people to start the podcast that's helped me grow. Um, so I would say the three main things were my degree, computer information systems, mm-hmm. uh, bartending because I knew a million people and I learned how to sell myself, mm-hmm. and then um, oh my god, I forgot the third one, bartending, computer programming. Oh, and the podcast and the podcast just, it allowed me to talk to people and have these conversations. And and my podcast was an hour and a half long, typically sometimes an hour, sometimes three hours. Um, but we'd hang out and I re I mean, like you spend three hours with somebody over a couple of drinks, like you, and there's nobody else. And there's no, no cell phone. Like you're not allowed to use a phone on my podcast. Like okay, put it down. We don't stop. You know, mm-hmm. we, only talk, we only pause if you got to go to the bathroom and that's it. Like it's three hours straight through. You learn a lot about people. And that and those three things I would say would be the drastic cornerstones of me starting my business. And and I think as a person, you could pull value from everything, right? From your friends, from your existing careers, especially if you're gonna start a business. Like I definitely wouldn't have been as good at sales if it wasn't for my old boss putting me in sales training. Like yeah. I definitely wouldn't know as much about computers if I didn't go work at an IT company. Like there's so many different things that kind of play into pieces, but those would say would be my three major cornerstones. Okay. And what type of sales were you in, if you don't mind me asking? No, please. Uh, so I was in computer uh, computer sales. So okay. um, specifically IT sales and managed service provider. So what that is, is essentially if you are a small business and you need computer help, um, you get 
basically a 911 phone number, right? They have a, these phones, um, not phones, but they have this phone number. You call up and say, hey, I need support. My computer is not working. It has a virus, whatever it may be. Okay. And then they come to the rescue. It's it's okay. it's like way more sophisticated than uh, Best Buy's Geek Squad. Like yeah. they're, I would consider okay. them not like low tier, but they're just trained to do their job. And we were trained to do a significantly higher tier. So we're running, you know, 500 person and down companies and making sure that they're all staying efficient. They're not getting hacked. The, the servers and, and things like that are encrypted to make sure nothing's going to, you know, go bad and you you have backups. And that's what I did. I built out these systems and some systems cost, you know, four grand and some systems cost 150,000. And that was what I was really, really good at. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So you can build your website by yourself. You don't. Need I built. Me. I built. Actually, it's funny. We just hired somebody to build our new website. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I built Barry Media Group's website. Uh, I like it. I don't love it. It's so weird because I don't love anything I make. I don't know why. Like ah. if it's culinary related, I typically love it. But as as far as digital, mm-hmm. I've had customers like, dude, your websites are incredible, and 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 whatever for me, like, it's like you have to put in. Mm. there's like hey they paid you for this deliver on this but you want to deliver this Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying don't under deliver always over deliver but like for me even bar media group i probably spent 150 hours building and rebuilding and rebuilding and then finally i liked it for like a week and then i was like no no no, i could perfect this and i could keep making this better and like it, it your website I try to relate this to everybody, but like your website is, is like, is your 24 hour working salesperson. Mm-hmm. If you're not obsessed with making that thing, the absolute best, or at least like, Hey, that is dialed in to as good as I'm, I'm content with, you know, you could be leaving money on the table. Like <laughs> that, the most rewarding feeling is getting a lead at three o'clock in the morning. Right. Because there's nothing better to wake up to. You wake up to your next, next to your significant other, you know, mm-hmm. if you got dogs, cats, whatever, sheep, goats, whatever you hang out with in bed, <laughs> yes. you wake up next to them. You look down at your phone. You're like, Oh, new lead. Today is going to be a prosperous day. Like Absolutely. that is the most rewarding thing. Bar none. Exactly. In my opinion, at least for the entrepreneur. Yes. It's the best feeling in the world. Let me tell you a new cell, a new lead, all of that. Is oh my God. It feels good. so good. It does. Okay. So, um, what do you enjoy most about being an entrepreneur and what's the hardest? Um, so I would say what I enjoy most is freedom. Um, and, and it's, it's the weirdest freedom because like so many people, I, I cannot stand when people are like, you're lucky, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I show my employees all the time. Like, I'm like, Hey, <laughs> while you guys were sleeping, I was literally on the phone. Like last night I had a call. I don't know. I think I called this lady at I don't know, like one o'clock in the morning or something like that. Like there's no rest for the wicked. Like either you got to want it. Like you, and <sighs> you got to want it. And like, there's people like, Oh, every four out of every five businesses fail. Like I totally see why, because it's so easy to be like, yeah, Here's my cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I'm a business owner. And then you go out and you just do whatever you want and you make enough money to get by. Like that's freelancing. I am an entrepreneur. I have now started to build several different little businesses um, going on. I have employees now. Like I intend to grind and, and I hate Gary Vee, but he really says it like, you know, put your nose down for 10 years and, and then you'll really build something. And I'm only three years in and like, I'm starting to see it. I'm also starting to see a lot of like, wannapreneurs and fakepreneurs where they're like 
you know, I saw a guy the other day and he was like, I, you know, he had the title under his thing, like seven figure agency owner. I'm like, wow, congrats. Like, that's cool. And like people are like, dude, that's so crazy. He does $7 million a year in business. I'm like, no, he doesn't do $7 million a year in business. Like we're, we're talking about social media here. Like he does maybe $250,000 a year in business, maybe pushing 350. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying are bad numbers. Like those are great yeah. numbers. And, yeah. and if you run a lean team, like you probably have some sick profits in there. Exactly. But like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not knocking him, but like, yeah, he's seven figures because he's been in business for seven years. Like, you know, or six years. It, Took him seven, seven years to get yes. to the million mm-hmm. to the second comma, right? Like, you know, hey, I'm you know, I'm a five-figure business owner right now. I'm about to be six. Like, come January one, I'll be six. I like the numbers make sense. I'm sitting at I don't know, 90 something thousand dollars now mm-hmm. for the year, but like for the last 365 days, but like that's you know, okay, cool. Do I get to put down six you know, technically I'm a six-figure business owner because last year I made a bunch of money and the year before that I made a bunch of money and, and I'll be a seven-figure business owner in the next couple of years. But like I don't care, you know, I don't particularly care about the numbers. If that's what it takes for the glam, whatever, I get it. I see, you know, it, it I understand it because I come from that world. I also hate it because like some people are like, oh, look at him. You know, I used to look at people and be like, oh, they only have a million subscribers on YouTube. And then you start YouTube and you're like, holy shit, it's, it's hard to get a hundred subscribers, let alone a thousand, let alone 5,000. And, you know, and then you look at, you know, now that you grind, right. It's so easy looking from the outside in. You're like, oh, it looks so easy. Mm-hmm. I thought the same way. I my old boss. I'm like, this is so easy. Mm-hmm. That dude hustles. So the freedom back to your question, like the best thing about being an entrepreneur is, is that is the freedom to do whatever you want. But on the flip side of things, like I cannot tell you, it would be, I've definitely gotten, you know, and, and before I started my company, I was getting job offers anywhere between a hundred, you know, a hundred thousand to $200,000 mm-hmm. a year. Like it's way easier for me to go work a 40 hour job and go do that. And, but you know, one, I'm making somebody else rich, which I'm not against, but that wasn't for me. And, and the opportunity in my life presented itself. And I said, you know, look, I don't really have that many bills. I don't, you know, I don't have kids. I don't have any, you know, I really don't have any of these financial things where if I do go flat broke for a long period of time, it's not going to affect anybody or anybody I love. Yeah. So the freedom to just be like, Hey, I have two dogs. I could just go walk my dogs. Like I, I was going to go walk my dogs. And then I was like, Oh, I have a podcast in two minutes, but like, <laughs> that's the best part. Like it could be a Tuesday morning and I could take a phone call outside while I'm walking my dogs or like, Hey, I need to go to the DMV. It's not like, Oh, can I, can I take off for four hours? Like I could just get up and go. And then if I I get a phone call, I'll just step out and take the phone call. Like Mm -hmm. that's the freedom I love. But you, you give blood, sweat and tears for that freedom. Let me tell you. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. (laughs) Yes, you do. That was a very long winded answer, but that's like, I don't know. That's the way I think about it. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true, though, uh, because this is not my only business. Um, I also run a real estate business as well. Nice. Congrats. Um, I started off. Thank you. I started off doing uh, wholesaling and then now I'm doing fix and flips. And it's like every day there's something. So Always. I actually feel like I can't even walk away from it from a sec like for a second. Like I can't because, you know, something could happen. Something could happen with the project, like anything. Sure. So I... Like, yes. people don't understand like my whole family right now is in hawaii yeah. like 
I have four younger brothers and sisters. They're all in Hawaii with my parents. And oh, like, do you want to go? I'm like, I, I can't go. Like I have deadlines due January one. Like this has to get done. Mm-hmm. And you guys told me like a week ago that we're going like, there's yeah. no way that I can make, I can swing this. No. And it was like, you know, and even if I could, it's like, okay, great. I, I could, I swing Hawaii. I probably could have put the trust of my employees to do it. And, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying I don't trust my employees, but like, I don't want to come back. You're, you're traveling for 24 hours there, traveling for 24 hours back because of layovers and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to come back to have two days to just make sure everything's done. Like, I don't want to live with that stress. I don't want to live yeah. with, you know, if, if I didn't have this, you know, two major projects coming on right now, then I probably would have said, sure, like my companies can definitely run, you know, my, my employees can definitely run themselves. And, mm-hmm. you know, as an entrepreneur, you build systems. That's, that's literally what you're doing. Like, for anyone that thinks otherwise, like, you know, yes. mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, the only thing you really do is build systems. Like, a wantapreneur or a freelancer, they're doing the work. An entrepreneur who has employees and stuff like that, and don't get me wrong, it takes a long time to get to the employee level, yeah. but you're just building systems. Hey, I want this done, this done, this done, this done, this done, right? And mm-hmm. and and putting the systems, the processes, procedures, the you know, and, and the training together to get them to the point where they can go do that, mm-hmm. that's the entrepreneur side. Exactly. Like, Everybody thinks like, oh, it's just Gary Vee and Grant Cardone driving around in Rolls Royces or whatever, you know, or dr- driving on, pil- you know, taking private jets. Like, it's not that. And for the yeah. people that think that it's that, you're so wrong. Like, yeah, they it are took a long time for them to get there. Exactly. And that's what everybody's like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to start a podcast. I'll be the next, you know, I don't know, I'll be the next Joe Rogan. It's like, dude, Joe no. Rogan's been podcasting. When I started my podcast, he was in, he was podcasting for seven years. He's up, he's up like 10 or 11 years now. Like he's been grinding for 11 years and he was already kind of famous before he started. Yeah. Like that's the grind that people don't see. Like exactly. <sighs> that's the well, struggle. Yeah, it definitely is. Okay. So with that being said, um, what is your biggest pain point that you're dealing with these days? COVID. Um, so COVID's kind of helped my business weirdly, uh, okay. because we're an online business. Um, I, I don't, I've, I've definitely, I definitely took a hit in some areas and then gained more in the other, you know, in, in others. Um, I think that being a business owner is inherently painful. You're volunteering for relentless amounts of pain because customers quit. You know, if you lose a big account, like that financially hurts, like your employees still get paid. Like they don't see the pain and shit that you have to go through. But like, you know, your employees, they have to get paid. Like you're the last person to get paid, you know? So I definitely took a a giant hit during COVID as far as like, I had a bunch of like more retail companies like, Hey, we got to pause. And I was like, no questions asked. I I get it. Like void your, like your contracts don't mean anything. Like I'd rather see you save the money and and survive. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of people, you know, a lot of companies that just were like, Hey, we're, we're, we're not working for the next four, four, five, six, seven months. Mm -hmm. And I still have a couple clients that aren't working yet and are ready to surrender their business and go work for somebody else. Like it sucks. Um, but with every struggle, there's major opportunity. So, um, and I feel like I'm using like a, a interview tactic here, like when you're going to apply for a job, but like, what's your biggest pain? Like, but you can turn that into something better, right? So mm-hmm. COVID hit on March 14th, right? Yeah. And that was when New York at least shut down completely. And now I'm down in North Carolina. Yeah. My phone, my email, nothing. I mean, nothing happened for two weeks. And I was like, this is perfect and i had a bunch of projects that i need to get done so i went full throttle and like i saw everybody like oh i'm hanging out with my family i'm doing this i'm doing this i'm doing this cool 
I'm like quadrupling down on what I was already doubled down on. Mm -hmm. So I went on a content creation spree between me writing and me hiring writers. Um, you know, my, my, my blog, uh, harrismarin.com. I, I now have, you know, I went from, I think like 10 articles to during this whole COVID thing. I'm just looking at how many articles I have. Cause I, I do like to see the number here. Um, but I pay like writers. I have 230 articles now. So wow. each article is over a thousand words. They're all typically between a thousand and 3000 words, even mm -hmm. on the low end, that's 230,000 words that Google's going to Google's going to read this year, which means wow. Next year and the year after that, I'm setting myself up for success. Same thing with, with my company, Barron Media Group, and soon-to-be growth generators. Like, we went from having, I don't know, like 10 articles on there. I think now we're at like 60, 70. But, we're, you know, it's a totally different caliber of article. They're really highly researched. Um, we, have, we have this phenomenal writer um, who's working with us and, and really helping us create that content because we just simply don't have enough time, you know, in the week. But, like, I went all in, like – I spent more money than some people make an entire year on my companies and was like, this is it. Like, this is, this is the gamble of a lifetime. Like I think gambling is the dumbest thing in the world. I think going to Vegas and having a good time is fine. But like, if you're gambling, you have to know that that money is gone. I think people that think that they can make money gambling are the dumbest people ever. Like that's the worst thought ever, unless you're a professional like blackjack player or yeah. poker player, like player, that's yeah. fine. Mm -hmm. But for anybody else that's like, oh, I'm going to go to Vegas and make a couple thousand bucks, like, bro, no, it's designed <laughs> for you to lose. It's like going to play the like lottery scratch offs. It is mm -hmm. literally designed for you to lose. Like, I get lucky oh, every once in a while, but not all the time. <laughs> yeah, go watch a Mr. Beast video. Dude, yep. I think he spent a million dollars on scratch offs, and he came back with seven hundred thousand dollars in in not earnings but recovered money he lost three hundred thousand like i was just gonna say that's not proof that they spent a million dollars on lottery tickets to make money you know to obviously it's for for attention but like yeah that was his goal it's me it's designed for you to lose like this was you know i don't think it's gambling when it's on yourself it's it's really yeah. like a, a test of luck and 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 perseverance but like that in my opinion was the best move that i could have made in january so it was like i had a couple quiet months and i was like let's just go all in right now and that's that's literally what i did okay well that's awesome so you turned a, a positive into a negative try to <laughs> yeah well it works look how many articles you wrote in that short amount of time that's amazing yeah, it's uh, almost we, like um, we grinded for sure. Yeah. And even my employees were like, dude, what are you doing? Like you're throwing away all the entire business savings. And I was like, this is practice what you preach. And if this doesn't prove to my customers that I'm all in on my content and their content, then then I, I have no other answers for you. Like, that's what we do. We help create content for people like we do a lot of blogging like that's mm -hmm. our bread and butter. So, you know. I think it's funny when digital marketing agencies, they sell SEO services and they don't even have a blog or they put out an article like once every six months. I'm mm. like, bro, you're never getting traffic with that. Like, mm. Cause I look at all of that now. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's crazy. And, and I told everybody that like, I, I, I think it's funny or I think I will think it's funny, you know, next year when people are still struggling, you know, in their business and they did nothing this entire year to help help it grow you know i'm like what'd you do i know i i watch you hang out with your family every single day because you're unemployed you know or your business was really slow so what did you do this whole time like what did you do to grow your business i made i don't know more youtube videos over the last several months than i've ever made in my life like yeah. going all in like i built an online course 
on harrisonmarin.com it's teaching linkedin now i'm teaching another i'm teaching a podcasting course like i'm teaching things that i'm good at and i have a lot of knowledge in and that all came from covid like Mm -hmm. i didn't need to do any of this but like hey this is going all in in my opinion exactly exactly i was just gonna say you know um i don't know if you've listened to him before but kanye west of course. Um, okay, so yeah, he on one of his albums, I forgot which one it was, but he said that he spent three summers making five beats a day. Yeah. I just when you said that, I thought about that, and I was just like, wow. So he did some Kanye West thing. <laughs> Kanye, I, I, I like Kanye West. I've always liked Kanye West. I, I, I especially love his old older music. I'm not a huge huge fan of his newer music, and, and that's typically like my thing. Like once people hit the mainstream. Or like I don't want to say mainstream, but like they they change with the times. I typically yeah. don't love their music. Um, I, I usually fall in love. Like Drake is a great example. Like I hate Drake's new stuff. I really haven't found anything that I like by him. I know. But like, like his old stuff was phenomenal, and yeah. I always like Kanye stuff. I always followed Kanye. I thought the easiest thing was like a little out of whack, but hey, the dude apparently knows how to make some shoes. Yeah. And I listen to him on Joe Rogan, and and I've been following him, but I listen to him on Joe Rogan, and like. That dude hustles. And then, like, you find out that, like, he lived in Jamie Foxx's studio mm-hmm. to make music back in the day. And then you listen yep. to Jamie Foxx's story, like, my, like, I'm getting chills. Like, that yeah. is the definition of grinding. Yes, it is. And making it happen. It is. It definitely is. Okay. So, three people um, who influence you the most? <sighs> three people that influence me the most. Um, this is a hard one because, like, I like influence, but I hate influence at the same time. And gotcha. um, because influence is very temporary and you have to have a vision. So this is going to sound – this might sound conceited, but, like, I am my own influence. Like, I – most of the time people are like, yo, you are cracked out. And I'm like – like if you don't get up every day and do what you love to do and like i mean like really love what you do like granted there's shitty parts about every business don't get me wrong like i hate billing like billing is the worst thing in the world in my opinion it sounds ridiculous right because like everybody's like oh don't you want to get paid like no i i just i'd rather just continuously work like so i i definitely like envision myself down the road and that's definitely my biggest influence like what do i really want right like i'm i'm not very materialistic. Like I don't really like name brands. I typically try not to wear like anything with a name brand on it. I'll like, I'd, I'd rather wear my own hoodie and represent myself than Nike under armor, anything like that. I, I just, I firmly believe in, you know, it should be you. And, and, you know, I, I, I can't stand when you see, you know, a thick guy like myself wearing like an under armor thing and all this under armor apparel. It's like, bro, we know you don't go to the gym. Like I don't go to the gym all that often you know represent something you actually care for like i'd rather go buy somebody's mug or you know i'd rather go on etsy and buy somebody's clothing or whatever it is than than go buy a name brand like i'll shop at kohl's and buy three dollar t-shirts all day like Mm -hmm. makes no difference to me um but i i just look at myself as as influence like what what do you want to be like what what's important to you like i want a nice house like i want a nice property like i want to be able to just not hear my neighbors and work and play games and hang out with my girlfriend and hang out with the dogs. Like that's, what's important to me. So like, I want a Lamborghini, like there's no denying that, you mm-hmm. know, but there's other people that you have to know what you want. If you don't know what you want, 
you're never going to, you're never going to envision, you're never going to look at that for inspiration. So I guess myself, I, I jazz myself up. I definitely think that there's a couple, like, even though I can't stand Gary V, like that dude grinded for, for like, I admire what he went through. So, you know, if I had to put somebody on there, like I definitely say Gary V, like his hustle, his grind is legit. Um, like he spits a lot of truth, even though I hate that. Like, he's like, sacrifice your whole life. Like, God, you don't have to sacrifice your whole life. It's absurd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I hate For Grant. Some parts of it. Yeah, I hate Grant Cardone. I do love Grant Cardone. Like another one, like his book, uh, 10X is phenomenal. Like, mm. you know, when people are like, oh, it's so easy. You know, you have it so easy. You can make it. It's like, bro, you get the same 24 hours in a day that I do. Like, why do I have more money than you? Right? Like, what are you doing with your free time? Like, oh, I can't make extra money. What have you done? Have you even read an article today? Because last time I checked, you watch TV all day. Mm. Um, TV, like, the only reason why I have a TV in my apartment is because my girlfriend watches TV. I would never own a TV otherwise. They are poison. Mm-hmm. Like, that is cancer in any household. Unless you're going to watch a movie and hang out and do, like, a movie night, mm-hmm. TVs are cancer. Like, they suck you in. Like, I'd rather play video games because I can bounce back and forth between video games and work, and I'm interacting with other people to get ideas. And, ba- you know, I have, a, I have a pretty active Discord server in the video game community. Okay. You know, I'll bounce ideas off those people and things like that. So, Grant Cardone just 10x hustle 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 and then i think the other one that's super impactful is um in like a weird way is like tony robbins like better yourself you know like that dude changed my life for sure i went through uh a upw unleash the power within um totally flipped my whole mentality and was like bro you could do that like people look at jeff bezos like he's a god mm-hmm. and the dude the dude drinks the same coffee that I do. I mean, I'm sure he's, he might have some nicer coffee than I do, but like, it's still coffee. Like, mm-hmm. you, you could see Gary Vee. He goes to Starbucks. You go to Starbucks. There's no difference between you and him. Like, he just happens to be way further along in his journey, right? That that seven-figure agency owner, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything different than I do. He just exactly. happens to be in business longer than I am, and that's why he has that that title. Exactly. Um and I think the only other one that that I would say had a massive was probably the the catalyst to this whole thing was Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad. But yes. it's, it's a book. Like I don't follow him. I don't particularly love. I, there's a lot of aspects I like and I really dislike about a lot of people. There's really I haven't found anybody that I'm like I'm all in on that one person. Yeah. Um, but like building your financial future, like too many people spend stupid amounts of money on Starbucks coffee, like. My $2 old Speedway coffee and now my $13 a pound coffee that would last me a month mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm not cheap. It's not like I don't have money, but like it's the time that you spent to go get it, right? And if you have Postmates and you Postmate coffee, your coffee just went to $10 a cup, right? If you make $1,000 a month on your business and you're Postmating $10 coffees, that is $300 a month. You just spent 33% of your income, your uh-huh. business success, let's say your profit on coffee mm-hmm. to do what? Like it does Starbucks coffee and my coffee don't do anything differently. Like that's to me, like if you, if you could pull some, you know, honestly, the best people for inspiration are the people that you could pull little nuggets from Tim Ferriss, like another one, like mm-hmm. the four hour work week. I, I'm, I'm yes. a huge book guy. I'm also a huge podcast guy, but like, okay. I, I saw a great post. I'm, I'm going off on a ton of tangents. I hope that's okay. But 
I saw a post the other day and somebody was like, I don't understand how you, how people retain a whole book. And I'm like, it's not about the whole book. No. I learned this from Ty Lopez, right? I hate Ty Lopez, but he was like, every book has a nugget or two you got to pull out. And exactly. that's what you spend your time doing. You spend 13 hours or 12 hours or seven hours or 24 hours pulling out one or two little nuggets that you could put back in, you know, Matthew McConaughey, right? He's mm-hmm. green lights. Great book. Just read it. Like I haven't read that one yet. Oh my God. You got to get to it. Great. It's a wild book. Um, but like, you just have to pull nuggets out of everything. You know, not everybody is going to have, you know, nobody has the recipe for success. Only Mm -hmm. you have the recipe for your success. You would just have to go pull those little nuggets out. So there's no real one person. It has to come internally and you got to want it. And then you look to other people for like little nuggets of gold. Yeah. Okay. That was a really long-winded answer. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't. It was a great answer. Because you actually <laughs> dropped some gems of some books that I'm sure people haven't even read yet. So, um, and they need to go to to go oh, look at those books. Shout out to one more person. And this go is ahead. probably, this dude's huge. David okay. Goggins is a, are we allowed to curse? Yeah, go ahead. He's a motherfucking badass. Like, if there's <laughs> one person when you're like you're down on your luck and you think the world is against you, go listen to I or read "I Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. That dude is a bad motherfucker. He if okay. if his book does not inspire you to get up every single day, then you are lost. Okay, Jocko Willie. To, They're both Navy SEALs. That one I'm gonna have to read because I didn't read that one yet. I yeah, read yeah. Uh, "Rich Dad Poor Dad" and I also read "The Four Hour Work Week," but those other two I'm gonna have to read those. Okay. phenomenal people to follow and great books all right awesome so um we know that entrepreneurship could be a tough road right how do you stay motivated to keep moving forward and making progress sure um so i'll revert back to my my other answer right like it has to come it has to come from within like you have to want it right like you could lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, right? Like, mm. you know, I'm a, I'm a thick dude, right? It, it's funny, right? Because I'm a fluffy dude. I, you know, I can go to a health seminar and wipe the floor with most people. Like, I have way too much knowledge in health, fitness, nutritional, um, as far as chemicals and things like that and how they react with your body and stuff like that. I, I have an overwhelming majority. It's very f- it's very far and few between I get somebody in a different industry that typically knows more than I do because I spend all my time consuming content and trying to learn, um, which helps to not have a TV. So it, it really has to come from within. Like you have to, you have to see what you want and, and, and want to go get it. Um, you know, nobody else is going to sit there and coddle you and take care of you. Like you have to know, like, if eh, this sounds so bad, but like, if you see a homeless person, right? Like what decision did you make that went, you went wrong? Like if you see somebody struggling on their bills every single day, right. But they're not actively applying for better jobs or they're not taking an online course to get better. Like you can't feel bad. And if you do feel bad, like, I'm not saying you're not human, but like, you have to sit there and say like, why, you know, or, or a beggar on the street, right? Like I'm not against giving them money, but like, why are they begging? Why are they not out fixing their resume? Why are they not out at the public library trying to consume a course or watch YouTube content for 10 hours a day to learn how to go make money or get a first job or beg for money and go get a haircut and go buy, you know, a suit at a thrift stop, a thrift store. Like if somebody held up a, a sign that says I'm actively, there was a great, great example, actually a couple a year or two ago, there was a guy in California. He walked around California with his 
you know, resume and, and would hand it out to every single person on the road. He didn't ask for money. He handed out his resume. The dude got like a hundred job offers in like two days. Wow. Like that's hustle. That's perseverance. That's somebody who wants it. Like you have to want it. You, you, if, if somebody wants to be given it, right. Like I, I've, I actually said this on another podcast, I'm not jealous of the company that gets a hundred million dollars or a million dollars in, in, in VC money. Like that's, that's cool. But like, that doesn't teach you anything. Yeah. What's cool is, and what I'm jealous of is, is I have another buddy of mine and his dad happened to be the VP of a, of a pretty large company, nothing huge, but they probably did a couple million dollars of business every year. And then a decent sized marketing budget. And he wanted to start a marketing firm, right? So who was his first client? His dad's company with a fat contract. Mm-hmm. So he got, he did get like a gift. He had to work for the money. Don't get me wrong. Like he had to deliver yeah. for sure, mm-hmm. but he had the best paying client anybody could ever ask for with like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say job security, but like, his dad's probably not going to fire his son unless his son really messes up. And as long as his son could say like, Hey, I'm actively bringing you new clients, mm-hmm. right? That's the best thing in the world. So I'd much prefer to have, you know, if you're a startup business or anything like that, if you can get one rock solid, well-paying client, mm-hmm. that is way more beneficial to your learning, your growth, your, your company's health and things like that than a hundred million dollars in VC money or a million dollars in VC money or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how, okay. I'm going to, I was going to skip this question, but I'm not going to skip this question. (laughs) Um, so what do you think are some important characteristics that, uh, leaders should have to start a business of any kind? Oh God, this is a tough one. Um, I think the most important one is to be able to sell yourself Um, because if you could make the cure for cancer, Mm -hmm. right? Let's just say you came up with a syringe and, you know, Hey, this, in this little vial is the cure for cancer and I can cure this little vial and whatever it is has the the ability to cure every cancer in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to buy it because you can't sell yourself and People don't buy the product. It's very rare that people buy the product, right? Nobody buys a Mercedes because, you know, oh my God, the S class is the greatest car in the world for 150,000. There are so many better cars than, than an S class, right? Like mm-hmm. debatably, right? It's all, you know, you're paying for that badge, right? There, BMW, mm-hmm. the ultimate driving machine. There are far better cars for cheaper money. Like mm-hmm. dollar for dollar, you know, Hondas are far better than, than, than BMWs, right? Reliance, yeah. the <laughs> fuel economy, like, right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, why do people, you know, Lamborghinis, there's better cars than Lamborghinis. Like there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. There's better cars than, you know, I don't want to say Bugatti cause they're at the top tier, but like, you know, what's the difference between a Bugatti and a, and a Kona seg for any of my, you know, any of your car fanatic followers, mm-hmm. but like people buy the brand, right? So when people buy, right. Pfizer's coming out with the, the coronavirus thing, right? Like they have a huge reputation. It, do they have the best coronavirus vaccine? You know, politics aside or whether or not you're going to take it, I don't really care, but like you're buying that brand, you're buying that company, right? Like why is there Walgreens and why is there CVS and why is there, you know, all these other pharmacies, you know, consumer pharmacies, right? Like 
you you go to that one because you buy the brand. You don't buy the product. You can get Dawn anywhere. You buy yeah. the product. Why do people go to Walmart? You're buying the brand. You're not buying. You could get that shit cheaper on Amazon. I guarantee. You. There's yeah. If you spend Target a, versus Walmart, it's yeah, always I, I, it. I've, I, I either had somebody on my podcast or I was on somebody's podcast or I have a friend. Somehow I came in in a contact with somebody who's a good friend of mine and I just can't remember their name off the top of their head because it was a brief conversation. But he's like, I literally did a back-to-back study on products in Walmart versus products that you could buy everywhere else. And he goes, Walmart is typically more expensive. Like if you spend the time looking for cheaper products, they're out there. Yep. Well, it's, it's just convenient. You're buying the brand. You're buying the convenience. Like yeah. Walmart and Target sell the same shit. Yeah, they do. You know, like, so. It's the experience for me. I have a better experience at Target all the time. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> no, look, I, I would agree. I would venture to agree with you. And I have a better experience at Costco than pretty much any other retailer, right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> you buy the brand. Yeah. Like, you know, you have to be able to sell yourself. Like, it, it doesn't matter what you do. Like, you know, the guy that created Google, right? They had to believe in the guy making Google. They didn't have to believe in the product. The yeah. product will, will, well, is the, is the proof of you people believing in you exactly. and that's the exact same thing so no matter what product you sell like you have to believe in yourself you have to make it look like you know you are the industry why am i on the, all these podcasts right like i don't need to be on all these podcasts I'm, I'm doing it one to produce better content and hopefully be a good guest for a lot of other people and, and provide value for them but on the flip side of things i'm also i'm you know, secretly trying to build a reputation of, hey, I'm the young millennial entrepreneur, right? Go check it out. The Millennial Entrepreneur House Marin on YouTube. Shameless <laughs> plug. But like, that's my goal, right? Is to is to help promote and push and and really kind of expose like the, the hidden truth behind being an entrepreneur. And, you know, I don't even consider myself moderately successful. More people consider me successful than I consider myself successful. Mm. Like, I'm like, hey, you know, I don't have to worry about money anymore. Like, yeah. that's where I'm at. Like, I'm not rich. I, I just have, I have to live a decent lifestyle. But like, I, I can't go ball out. But I, I don't have to be like, oh, my God, like, you know, all my bills are going to get paid. I still tell my girlfriend to turn the lights off when she leaves. And, yeah. she, you know, I'm like, why'd you leave lights on? Like, nobody's <laughs> even in that room. She's like, I left it on for the dogs. I'm like, the dogs can come in my room where the lights are on. Like, they don't have to go. They're laying on the bed because they choose to lie on the bed. They don't care if the lights are on or not. No, they you know, don't. Like, <laughs> I, like, and I'm not like, hey, you know, save a penny. It's it's the, it's the you know, because the, the lights staying on versus the lights not staying on is is literally the difference of like $10 a month or whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. literally a nominal amount. It's the habits and the the routine and the ritual that you instill. Like I, I wake up, I, I walk the dog first thing in the morning, and then I come to my computer and I check my emails. And then I go shower. And then I come back and start working on work. Like that's every single day. Like you have to have that repetition. repetition. And, and I guess that's the other really important thing that entrepreneurs and anybody that wants to be successful have to have you have to be you don't have to have necessarily routine but you you can't you have to be disciplined you you can't just walk around all day and be like yeah i'm an entrepreneur like i own a business like anybody can own a business it takes it takes literally two hours to build a wix website with a store on it like anybody can be an entrepreneur exactly you know it's not hard to get that title the work behind it yeah it's the words behind it's the power it's the proof that's in the pudding that's that's Mm -hmm. the hard part Absolutely. I have to agree. I had to, um, cause it, it was hard for me to pivot. I mean, these businesses just started this year, 2020. Oh my um, God. They started, yeah. Yeah. They actually started in, uh, right before the pandemic. Cause I got laid off of a job that I've been at for 13 years. Sure. 
Um, and it, it was hard at first. I was just like, well, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I could do what I want. Yeah, I still have a schedule like I still have a schedule like, okay, I got to do this from this time and this from this time. I still get up in the morning at six. I still take a shower like I'm going somewhere, but I'm sitting at my computer in my in my office. So, yeah, it's it's it's, you got to be disciplined. You got and you got to want it. Like at the end of the day, you got to want it. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to want it. Exactly. You do. All right. So, um. What is your biggest failure and what do you think you learned from it? (sighs) My biggest failure. Um, Shit, I got a lot of those. Um, I have a lot of them, but I don't think I have a biggest one. Okay. Um, Especially when I look towards like my professional career um which which is is uh, what i would take this question as is you can't sit there and look at a failure right like um great example is this guy on long island he owns or used to own uh jay king's food distribution distribution multi multi-millionaire kills it right And he had the opportunity to sign the Snapple contract when Snapple was like a baby company, right? Mm -hmm. And now Snapple's in every store under the, you know, under the sun. And he had the opportunity to be the exclusive distributor on Long Island for it. Mm -hmm. And he didn't sign that paper to be the exclusive distributor. And and he lost out on millions of distribution dollars. If you look at business as a failure, or, or a decision you make is a failure, you're never going to progress forward. Mm-hmm. There are screw-ups. Don't get me wrong. Like, I've bought software. I've spent money on this. I've I've thought that this was a good idea because, you know, and they're salespeople. You know, there's good salespeople out there. Like, they help get you to say yes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as the biggest failure, my, I would say my biggest failure is one I should have started earlier for mm-hmm. sure. Um, okay. that, that's definitely one of my, um, like it, it's so, it's so, it's, it's, it's so difficult to convey because it's like I should have started earlier, but at the same time, I was still gaining so much knowledge from the, from like the existing job, right? Yeah. But like if you don't find value in what you're doing, like you need to hit the eject button. And I think that there's too many people that sit around and, and myself included, like, and before my professional life, like when I was just working for somebody else and stuff like that, there was definitely a couple jobs where like, I should have hit escape way quicker. Like I got fired from CVS for my draw being short by like $10 for the third mm-hmm. time within 90 days. And, it, and like, they went through the cameras and proved that I didn't steal anything. And it was just like a miscounting of money, but it was like, like those things suck, but like, you have to get fired. Like, I, I don't think, that there's major failures. There's just learning mistakes. And, you know, when somebody says failure, right? Like, Hey, uh, you know, look, my first client fired me. Like mm-hmm. he changed jobs and things like that. Like it happens. Like, yeah, I don't consider that a failure. I consider that a, bur- a, a like a learning experience because like that's every client, like every client, like it's very rare that anybody has a customer for the, for life. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it just takes one or two or three bad interactions and then they never go back. Mm-hmm. So 
And and that's with that's with any customer, right? Like, how many times have you gone? Like, just think of a restaurant, right? Like, I'll never go back to that restaurant, right? Like, they just yeah. lost a customer for life. <laughs> yes, it's, it's the exact same principle. So, I'm very animated, by the way. Um, no, I love it. <laughs> but like, there shouldn't be a main failure. Like, I wish I started earlier, but like, I couldn't have started earlier because if I started earlier, like, maybe the whole business would have failed. And I failed yeah. through several businesses. I want to start a catering business with a couple of buddies of mine. I started a podcast that ultimately failed because my my uh, my buddy Cameron ended up, you know, his relationship took a different turn and, and he couldn't d- devote that amount of time, right? Like I, I went to school and I failed out of so many classes. Like that's just like, uh, they're not, f- you can't look at them as failures because if you look at them as failures, it's a super negative. You have to look at everything like, Hey, I learned, like I learned that I shouldn't take, you know, the highest level classes and, and the most difficult classes all in one semester. It's too much work for me to do. Right. Yeah. Like that's what you have to learn. So yeah. Did I fail out of college? Did I fail out of certain courses and did I fail a whole semester in college? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But did I allow that to happen over and over again? Fuck no. Like mm-hmm. you can't. And if you do that in business and like, I remember the first time I get fired from my client, right? Like he was like, dude, he's like, I'm changing jobs. And he was hammered. And he's like, your videos, you said you're going to, you're going to deliver them yesterday and you didn't get them. And and he happened to be intoxicated at a bar and was like, he just wanted to go off on somebody. He, somebody must've gotten him fired up because he like, he called me the next morning. He's like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like you're not actually fired. Like we're still working together. But like he was, he was upset and things like that. And I get it. And I remember like going home and I was like, gonna, I was like, beat myself up over it. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I just lost, like, he's like my first client. Like, I don't want to like, and especially he knows a lot of people in the area. Like, I don't want to like mess this up. But on the flip side of things, like it took a swift kick to the, to the dick, right? Mm-hmm. Like that shit hurt. Like I went home and my girlfriend's like, like nobody's ever seen me depressed. Like I really don't, you know, I, I don't think that depression, you know, I would say a large majority of people with depression can resolve their issues with appropriate fitness, health and, and, surrounding yourself with positive people mm-hmm. but like she's like holy shit are you okay and i was like like it's like that sucked getting fired like that hurt so bad it did. But like okay failure granted you apologize the next day but like till this day like i do my absolute best to deliver on the dates that i say that i'm going to deliver on and if i don't i make sure it's abundantly clear days before like hey stuff got caught up whatever it is this happened this happened i'm waiting on you for this right like i was supposed to have a due date of December 1st for a client. He didn't answer me for three weeks. I harassed him for three weeks. He's like, dude, he's like, I'm not mad at you. He's like, it's all my fault. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to look at those things in, in that light. So, you know, and you can't sit there in a slump. Like you ha- like your business relies on you. So don't sit there and think like, Oh my God, you know, this sucks or, or this hurts or, 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 you know, this is a major failure. Like you could fail. You could be depressed for a day. Like I'm not saying you can't, but yeah. like, you got to pull your shit up by your bootstraps and keep going. Like that's it. Like, because you're the business owner, like nobody's going to, nobody's going to coddle you. Nobody's going to give you a handout. Like you have to grind hustle and show that you want it. And if you show up and you deliver every single day, that's how you get results. You can't get fit by not going to the gym or not putting in the effort. Exactly. It's, It's that simple. It is. That is absolutely true. So pretty much they're not. And I asked that question. It's more like a trick question for me. Um, what's your biggest failure? Um, and what lesson did you learn from it? Sure. Because I don't even call them failures now. I call them lesson learns. Sure. So for me, it's just like, you know, I go through something. It's just like, all right, well, there was a lesson there and I'm going to keep moving. Um, and that's how you have to look at them. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So a uh, couple more questions. Fire away. Um, no, I love this. 
<laughs> um, so what advice would you give your younger self? Buy Bitcoin. You're an <laughs> idiot for not buying Bitcoin when you could have. Well, um, yeah. that's I think all sure. of us would uh, say that. What happened? <laughs> I think all of us would say that. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, buy Bitcoin, buy Tesla. Um, <laughs> like, <sighs> Invest in Amazon and Google. Self, how young are you talking? I'm 28 now. I'll give you that okay. as a frame of reference. All right. So let's talk to your 20-year-old self. 20-year-old self. Yeah. What was I doing at 20 years old? I was in Suffolk Suffolk County Community College, and I just joined the fire department. Mm. Can we do, like, 16? Yeah, let's do 16. Okay. Because at, like, 20, I started to figure shit out. Like, okay. Because I was bartending and things like that. And, and like, that's when I, I, I would say I started to really blossom as a person. Okay. Um, but if I can let's go back do, to my 16-year-old self. Let's do 18. Because 16, you really can't do too much. You can do some okay. things. All right, eight, all right 18, I'm in 18. favor of. 18. So, yeah. 18. Um, stop giving a shit about what other people think. Mm. You're going to fuck up a lot. Mm. Like, all the time. And, like... I'll be the first one to admit, like, I have had a tremendous amount of fuck-ups. Like, that list is, that's all, it's like longer than Santa's list of good people, right? Like, <laughs> just constantly, like, should I have asked for that girl's number? Yes. Should I have done that homework? Yes. Should I probably have not gone to that party? Yes. Should I have gone to that party? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. that list goes on and on. And, you know, if, if I was to be able to go back, stop caring about what other people think. Like, you are wasting so much mental energy caring about what other people think and it took me even i remember releasing my first youtube video at 25 years old i was like mm-hmm. <sighs> like freaking out shaking the whole nine and i was like this is i just voluntarily put this on the internet and i'm i'm sweating now it's like second nature mm-hmm. um so stop caring about what other people think and two is start creating because ultimately, it doesn't matter what you go into, right? Like, people are like, you know, I don't understand how Jake Paul has so many followers or PewDiePie or any of these other people. Because they go out and create every day because they don't turn on their goddamn TV, which is the worst thing in every household. Like, you know, I, I think it's funny when people are like, oh, I have a Disney Plus subscription and Netflix subscription and an HBO subscription and a Hulu subscription and a, a Sling subscription. And I also pay for cable. It's like, bro, do you leave your couch? <laughs> <laughs> and and by all means, like I'm not telling anybody how to live their life, mm-hmm. but don't complain to me that you're broke when you watch 10 hours of TV a day. You go to your mm-hmm. eight-hour job and you can't wait to get back on the couch all day. Like I, I'm not judging you by any stretch of the imagination. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But don't complain about how you're broke or you're in a bad situation, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're you don't like your job, but you're spending 10 hours a day watching TV, I don't feel bad for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny. I actually would laugh at somebody. I have laughed at somebody like that. I'm like, that, that's hysterical. They're like, why is that funny? I go, because you're voluntarily putting yourself in a bad situation every single day. Like, I think that's hysterical. I think that you voluntarily doing that is the beyond the funniest thing in the world. And somebody's like, somebody, I bet one of your listeners is like, that's a sadistic way of thinking about it. But like, if no. you help yourself, nobody else can help you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why we have homeless shelters. That's why we have soup kitchens and things like that yep. you know, to help people that, you know, and, and, and these fantastic organizations that, that genuinely help people that want to get help. But if you don't want to get helped, nobody's going to be there to just pick you up. Like mm-hmm. you got to want to get help and things like that. So, you know, you that's my thoughts on yourself. that. Yeah. You got to want to do it for yourself. That's for sure. I mean, TV in our house is like date night and, 
You that's know, perfect. No days. <laughs> that's what it should be. Other than that, everybody sticks to their phone. It's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm not against it. Like mm-hmm. I use my phone a lot. I use it for work a lot. But like, I, look, I'm, look, like I said, I'm the first one to admit I play video games for sure. Mm-hmm. But like, you have to find a balance and and like what you do and don't do. So like, go create. Like, phones are fant- fantastic. Like, I'm, I'm in a couple of YouTube support groups and people are like, hey, you know, I don't know why my videos aren't like taking off. I'm like, well, you have you watched one video on YouTube that tells you how to get a better YouTube video because your fault your videos look like they were shot on a on a Motorola Razor from 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, listen. YouTube, I graduated from YouTube with real estate. So I graduated from the school of YouTube and real estate. That's how I learned what my, like my foundation. And then of course I found somebody in my state that could teach me how the state does it. But yeah, YouTube is where I got all of my information. So I love YouTube. I should have invested in that. (laughs) I hear you on that one for sure. (laughs) Um, Okay, so if money wasn't an option, what would you do every day? Honestly, probably exactly what I'm doing. Um, I really, part of me being an entrepreneur and doing what I do now is 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 because I do really like what I do. I really don't have, there's definitely parts, like if I had unlimited money, I would just hire somebody to do my billing. Like that's definitely the first thing that I would not do. Yeah. Um but other than that, like, I, you know, and I would definitely pay somebody to edit my YouTube videos because I hate editing my own YouTube videos. Um, <laughs> but like if I had unlimited money, I would literally, I would just the only place, the only thing that would be different would be I'd have I'd be in a different place. I wouldn't be in an apartment. I'd be in a house. Um, you know, I'd have an army of rental properties. But mm. at the core of it, I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing now. Yeah. Like I genuinely like what I do. Like. I preach this to every entrepreneur. Like there's always aspects of every business you're not going to like. Like if you're a chef, prep work sucks. Like mm-hmm. every culinary person, heck, even if you're a kid, you know, you're, you're a kitchen cook. Like, and when I say kitchen cook, I mean like at your own house, like we all know that prep work sucks. Like that's the worst part about cooking. Like the fun part is the flair and the cooking and tasting and seasoning and providing this bountiful meal for your friends and family. Mm-hmm. There's stuff that sucks for every job, but like if I had unlimited money, that's the only thing I would do differently. I would just help. I would just get help in the areas that suck. Like I would save myself more time and hire a cleaning lady instead of, you know, myself. And, you know, typically my girlfriend keeps the apartment pretty clean. Um, she's kind of a neat freak, but like to take that off her hands, like I don't, if somebody handed me a billion dollars, it really wouldn't be different. I'd be driving a Lamborghini, but you know, you know, my life would be very much so the exact same as it is now. I really, I would still be wearing $3 t-shirts. I don't get, all jazzed up over, you know, name brands and things like that. I would, you know, I've, I've worn shoes twice in the last month and a half. Like I wear flip flops. That's my thing. Like I'm I'm like the big Lebowski. I'm like a new world, the big Lebowski. It's nice out there in North Carolina. My cousin's there now. So I love New it. York and New Jersey is snow. And I'm, is that where you I'm are? In New Jersey? I'm in New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's cold. We're, we're, we're actually going to Jersey tomorrow, but, um, you know, like, if you know a billion dollars wouldn't change my life all that much yeah. it, it really wouldn't you know it um and if i knew it was coming i would do I, i've read this great i don't know if it was like a meme or something like that and this guy he called up everybody and i'll, I'll give you the, the cliff notes of it but he, he called up all his friends and family he was like hey uh, i'm in a tough time right now can you give me a thousand dollars and i think like all but one family member said yeah um, I mean, all all but one family member said no, and 
He's like, okay, great. And then he won, and he had the winning lottery ticket in his hand. He knew that he was he was winning, I don't know, $350 million. And then he went and told everybody, hey, I just won the lottery. And by the way, you didn't help me out, so please don't ask me for help down the road. Nothing wow. against you, but I just want to let you know, like, that's how I feel. And then that one person, he, I think he bought, like, a car or a house or something like that for. Um, but, like, that's probably what I would do. I would definitely follow that. I would call up a bunch of people, ask them, like, hey, would you give me a 1000 bucks? And for the people that say yes, mm-hmm. I will be forever in your debt. For the people that say no, just don't ever ask me for money. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not going to help you. If you call me up saying, hey, I need you to help me move, I'll be the first one to go volunteer to help you out. But don't ask me for money. Yeah, financially, no. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay, so here's my signature question. Um, so what is something unique that no one knows about you? Or um, your company? Or my company. Uh, this is actually funny. I just got this question the other day. Uh, so I would say I do make it somewhat public, but I don't think people understand how much the volunteer fire department plays a, a major role in my life. As you can see, the the red flag right there, missing one star because it got hurt in transportation. And then uh, my OG fire truck. Mm-hmm. Um, but the I, I would say the vast majority of people don't know how much that plays in my life. Um, the other thing I would say is I'm also an Eagle Scout, which also plays a tremendous role in my life. Um, I try to leave the world a better place every single place I go. Um, it's not uncommon if you see me walking to pick up trash and throw it out. You know, if I'm walking into Costco, I'll pick up a receipt or whatever it is that somebody left on the ground. Um, I think there, you know, if there's one thing that'll get my blood boiling, it's one people complaining about their situation and not doing anything about it, and two is people littering. I cannot stand littering. Um, mm-hmm that boils my blood. Um, we're, we're on this earth for not that long. We just had the world's the, the potentially or arguably the worst fires in history, um, that just ripped apart our earth and you have the audacity to throw your McDonald's bag on the ground. Like that boils my blood. And we're like, why you live here? Like, it's not like you're going to McDonald's in another state where you don't care about. And even if you did, wouldn't you want somebody else to pick up your own trash like that? that sucks. So being an Eagle scout has dramatically impacted my life. And most people don't know that I am one. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm like a secret video game nerd. Like I'm not like super hard in video games, but like, I definitely love video games, but that's really, yeah. Like I don't really have any, like most of my, most of my dirty laundry is on the internet already. Like I don't really have that many secrets. (laughs) Okay. All right. Awesome. I'm sure all of this is new to our uh, listeners. So before we wrap up, do you have any questions for me? Yeah. Um, how'd you get into this and what's your crazy story? And tell me one thing that Ooh. nobody knows about you. Oh, okay. So um, I got into this because um, because of me losing my job. Um, I had already started the business shower events. It was supposed to be a a string of events that I was going to have. Um, but once COVID happened, I had to pivot. So I decided to do a podcast. I mean, the podcast was already in the business plan. I just got pushed into it a little bit earlier. Um, and, um, that's how I got into that. And I, I actually started both businesses at the same time. So I got into real estate and I started the business shower events both at the same time. Um, and I did it, um, mainly because I wanted to leave the corporate world, but you know, life had other plans for me. So I got pushed out a little bit earlier. Cool. Um, and that's how I started here. So one unique thing that no one knows about me, hmm, 
I am a lover of all holidays. I like that. I like yeah. that. Every nobody really knows that. Like I'm the friend that will send my friends Valentine's Day cards and oh, that's so cute. You know what? Yeah, about. like I I love every so holiday. Important. I love every holiday. So a lot of people they prob- they could probably now that I'm saying this they're probably like yeah she does, but yeah <laughs> I I love every holiday. My house is it looks like Christmas exploded in here. So oh my god that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess my only other question is where do you go for inspiration? Mm-hmm. Um, it could be people, books, you know, looking at your future, or whatever it is. Like where do you go look for inspiration and 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 idolization? So. I'm going to say I go to God. Okay. I do a lot. I go to him. And then I have my husband and my partner who keeps me motivated. They will not let me quit. Like <laughs> as much as I try, I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm not going to do this anymore. And they're like, no, we're not going to do this because you would regret it for the rest of your life. So I have my husband. I have my partner. Um, and the crazy thing about it is they are both cancers. I don't know if you like believe in astrology or anything like a that. A little bit. Not too, yeah. too much. I don't do not too, much, too much, much homework on it. I'm a okay. hardcore Leo if you couldn't yeah. figure that one oh, out. Oh, well, yes. I'm a Leo too. See? Okay. This is, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they're both cancers cancers and the thing is my partner his birthday is the same uh, he has the same birthday as my grandfather oh wow yeah so and my grandfather was like one of the most important people to me and when when he told me his birthday i was just like okay wild. yeah wild. like wow so um yeah i'm i'm like surrounded by cancer uh cancer signs a lot <laughs> that's cool that's but yeah, awesome. that's where I go to for my inspiration. And, you know, sometimes I'll pull it out of a song or a book. Sure. You know, it all depends. I love it. Yeah. So back to the interview. So how can our listeners connect with you online? Sure. Um, so I guess I have three main outlets uh, that I'm that I'm now actively working in. So uh, my personal blog, um, which teaches a lot about LinkedIn sales, um, podcasting and stuff like that. And I'm probably going to be adding some more non-specific po- uh, blogs up there when I do, when I, when I actually write they're they're typically pretty long. Um, and I, I usually get a lot of compliments on them, which is nice. Uh, especially because writing was the worst thing I was at worst thing I was good at in school. Um, I was atrocious and would get in trouble all the time for plagiarism because I hated it. Um, and now that I write, now that I write, cause I like to write, it's phenomenal. Mm. Um, so harrisonbaron.com uh, is definitely my, is my personal blog. Uh, growth hyphen generators is now going to, is going to be the new, uh, Baron media group. Um, and then my YouTube, uh, which is the millennial entrepreneur, Harrison Barron. I'm just constantly, uh, I'm in the process of pivoting that channel to more business, uh, topics and and ways to help you grow your business and and pitfalls to watch out for um and that and that's really it and if you guys want to go listen to my moderately inactive podcast because i've been going through a major life transition it's the brutally honest podcast all right so there you have it guys and uh we'll see you next time cool thanks for having me